Well, if you have your Bibles very quickly, I told you that we would be short. And the reason why we're going to be short is because we need to get down to business. We're fixing to go into a new year, 2018. And it's a year that is already shaping up, a year that we're going to be going through some things that we never thought we'd be going through. We uh, turn on the news uh, every day. Uh, I am now plugged in, uh, found a uh, uh, news uh, station uh, that's uh, based out of Israel, and it's I-24. On charter, it's uh, channel 744. And uh, they give the news, uh, and of course they centered around what's going on in Israel and the Middle East and how things are, are, are falling out. And I'm telling you, we're getting closer. We're getting closer to the soon return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, uh, you, you, uh, you just watch what's going on. It's not by accident that our president uh, went ahead and said that we're going to recognize that Jerusalem is the capital of Israel. Now, we've had some uh, that probably thought about it would be a good thing, but they're, just to be honest with you, they were scared to do it. Uh, but we have a president that uh, you might not agree with everything he uh, does or doesn't do. But one thing it seems to me is we're lying uh, and we're getting to be a stronger ally of Israel. And I'm telling you, God will honor that. God will honor that. And, uh, uh, and he say, well, all kinds of things are coming. Uh, we've just uh, heard that uh, they're building. Of course, Brother Glenn uh, can allude to the many t- uh, trips that he's been over there. Every time he goes, they're building and building and building. Do you realize that Israel is one of the most costly places in the world to live, but yet people are flocking to? Why is that? Because we're getting ready to see the soon return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It all is fitting into place. And I'm excited that maybe this year, the year 2018, is the year that he comes to call the bride home. Amen. But until then, we got business to do. And I'm, uh, I'm fairly convinced, and maybe it's just Mike, maybe I'm the one that needed this, uh, but uh, I am uh, already have made a commitment that I'm going to be a man of prayer more than I have been. And I believe that I can say for every one of you here tonight is that you probably haven't prayed enough. I know I haven't. Well, Brother Mike, I'll pray this. Hey, you can never pray too much. I mean, right? And so I was thinking about prayer and uh, start on Wednesdays. uh, We're going to go ahead as we go into the month of January. Uh, what we're fixing to embark upon, we better bathe it with prayer. We better ask for God's wisdom and for His guidance because there's some important decisions that are coming down and we don't need to miss it because of our agendas or our opinions. We need to make sure it's the will of God that what we're doing, uh, and if we're doing the will of God, everything's going to turn out all right. I'm wrong about you, but I'm expecting Him to show up and to show out and show us some wonderful things, but we got to do our part. And the part that we need to play is we need to be people of prayer. As I was thinking about that, we're in 1 Chronicles chapter number 4, 
verse number 9. Now, I find it interesting, uh, the verses that are before and the verses that are after, uh, this is uh, where he talks about uh, this one begat this and this one begat that. Uh, you see it before. You'll see names that uh, you wouldn't even attempt to try to uh, uh, say because, uh, I mean, they're long words. I mean, there's some interesting names. And I was starting going through this and I thought, you know what, I, I probably... Uh, I know I don't know a lot of things, but I got a pretty good uh, hunch that none of you are picking up First Chronicles chapter four as your devotion time. I mean, I just, just this one is the sons and and then all of a sudden, verses nine and ten. Now, why is it there? I mean, if you're looking at it at face value, it's like, okay, this is just kind of thrown in there. I'm telling you, the Word of God is not just thrown together. And it is a purpose why this verse, 9 and 10, was there. And I believe the purpose, one of the purpose for putting this in the middle of all the begats was this is something that is very important and this is something that needs to grab our attention. In verse number 9, this is what the Bible Bible says, and it says, Jabez was more honorable than his brethren, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I have I've had him with sorrow. His name Jabez means sorrow or pain. Wouldn't you like to have a name like that? Hey, what's your name? Jabez. Well, what's that name mean? It means pain. Sorrow. Wouldn't you like to hang out with somebody like that? I mean, you know, uh, uh, but uh, we're going to see that even though she called him that, look at verse number 10. Now understand, this is a man that could go around and he could say, you know, I don't like my name. Uh, young people, I know that you all think that you're all weird and you don't look right. And you think you, if you had curly hair, you wish you had straight hair. If you had straight hair, you wish you had curly hair. And those of us who don't have any hair just wish we had some kind of hair. I mean, we all, uh, we're either too uh, big or we're too small. Uh, we always want to change something about us. But God has a purpose in plan for our lives. And Jabez had a purpose. And I believe one of the purpose is that he was showing us how to pray. Look at verse number 10. And Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed and enlarge my coast and that thine hand might be with me and that thou wouldest keep me from evil that it may uh, not grieve. And then he goes on and says, not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. Now, very quickly, uh, and I'm going to develop this a, a little bit uh, later on. But very quickly, uh, back a few years ago, the prayer Jabez came out. There was books written. There was Bible studies written about it. The health and wealth and the name it and claim it crowd got a hold of this. And, and basically what they were saying is, this prayer will change your life. My dear friend, I want you to understand this. 
There is nothing magical about this prayer. You can go ahead and say this prayer over and over again. Jesus even uh, made comment uh, that this is how you ought to pray. He didn't say this is exactly how you need to pray, but he gave us a framework. And here in the prayer of Jabez, we see a framework of how we need to pray. See what they were saying, they said, well, if Jabez prayed it and God blessed it, and then they'll go on and say, you just go ahead and you now it and God will grant it to you. My dear friend, that's not how it works. But there are some things that we need to see and here again because of our time because I really believe that as we're going into a new year we need to be in prayer. And so here again I'm going to develop this a little bit more. But he sees the first thing I saw was he said that he was more honorable than his brethren. Now, he didn't say that his uh, brethren were uh, not honorable. He just said they were, he was more honorable. Now, I started to ask, well, why would, why would he... Something said about Jabez. Why would he be saying that he was honorable? Well, I believe it's because, first and foremost, it was because of his attitude of his prayer. Notice here, uh, he prays, and he prays with a uh, with a earnest. He's earnest about his prayer. Notice he says, "Oh God, I don't believe this is the only time that Jabez prayed." I believe he was a man of prayer. And I believe that is in the middle of, uh, of uh, uh, First Chronicles where it was all uh, uh, genealogy was before, genealogy is behind that. I don't think it was an accident that it was made mention of Jabez. By the way, you do not see Jabez mentioned anywhere else. Why was he centering on Jabez? Because Jabez was a man of prayer. He was earnest about his Praying, As I thought about that, James chapter 5, verse number 16 says, The fervent uh, prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And see, what we need to understand is prayer, first of all, is intentional. Here's what happens many times over. We, we pray, but we don't have it uh, on, uh, we don't have a time frame, or we don't, we, we just kind of pray when kind of like it gets, strikes us. Usually you're praying, if you're driving into Nashville, that's about what time that you start praying when you hit rush hour. Some of us, we get up and we're getting dressed and we're getting the kids ready and we're getting lunches packed and we're, we're busy, busy, busy. And as we're going off to school, it kind of hits us. Oh, I guess I better pray. And we go ahead and do like a little one minute or a two minute prayer. Oh God, would you watch over my children today? And Lord, give me a good day. This is not the kind of prayer that Jabez was teaching us. Jabez uh, was helping us to understand we need to be earnest. We need to be intentional and we need to be intense in our praying. And so he says uh, that uh, he cries out to God. Now, notice second thing, and the second thing that I see is he's very humbled. He asked for the hand of God to be upon him. My dear friend, you better be careful when you ask for the hand of God to be upon you. Because it should cause you to be humbled 
Why would God even bother about putting his hand on me? What gives you uh, the gall to ask a holy God to put his hand upon you? Because Jabez recognized, and we need to recognize tonight is, that if we don't have the hand of God upon us, then we're going to do absolutely nothing for the cause of Jesus Christ. When, I, when, when you stop praying, God will stop working. Now, do you believe that? Why would Jabez say, put the, Lord, put your hand upon me. He was serious. He was humbled about it. Oh, we understand in 1 Peter chapter 5, I came across this verse. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 and 7. And, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but it says, And humble yourself under the hand of God. Humble yourself under the hand of God. One of the things that I have to be reminded is that when I'm praying, it's not me trying to get God in on my plans. It's me getting in on God's plans. There's a fast difference. And many times we've prayed prayers. Now, Lord, I know that you have everything under control. And Lord, I know it's your will to be done. But here's what I think you ought to do with this. And then we basically try to spiritualize it and say, God, this is how I want you to orchestrate. This is what I want you to move in. But here we need to under, uh, recognize, and Jabez recognized, when you have the hand of God upon you, you need to recognize the fact that you're humbled because you've come to realize that you are weak and you cannot accomplish anything in your own strength. By the way, any strength that you have, it's all because God's put it there. And church, we have some critical times ahead of us. We had a pastor for 28 and a half years. Thank God for that. That's, that's almost unheard of anymore. Because usually after two years, the church is tired of them or they're tired of the church. But we understand, how can a man stay here for 28 and a half years because the hand of God was upon him and because of that, the hand of God was upon this church. And we better not forget about, it's not our agendas, it's not our opinions, it's not what we think about needs to be going on around here. It's what God wants us to do. And when we get included in and when we buy into God's plans, we're going to see him move. And he's going to move in a strong way. And we're going to see some things that we haven't seen before. Why? Because we came to understand it was all about him. So we see, first of all, uh, that he's humble because of his earnest prayer. But we also see he was humbled because he cried for the Lord's hand to be upon him. But the third thing that I saw is that uh, he, his direction of his prayer... He cries out to God. Well, Mike, we're not, we're, you know, we're a little sharper than you are. We know when we pray that we're directing it to God. Do we really? Do we really? Now, you might direct it to God, but what kind of a God are you directing your prayers to? Uh, in Matthew chapter 6, verse number 9, Jesus was asked this question. Lord, 
teach us to pray. Now, I find it interesting. It was one of the disciples that came and asked him that. Now, I don't know, maybe I'm the weird duck in the family here, uh, but I would think, well, wonder why he didn't say, hey, can you teach us how to raise people from the dead? Now, I'm just going to be real transparent, real, uh, real plain with you. That's probably what I would ask because I think that would be super cool. <laughs> you know, hey, there's a dead person over there. People, hey, no problems. And we go over and raise the dead. Or maybe it's like, oh, Lord, uh, uh, could we do something, uh, some type of a miracle? I think that would be pretty cool. But notice what they ask. They ask, teach us to pray. This is what Jesus said. He says, this is how you need to pray. And he says, you pray to the God in heaven... God the Father, hallowed be thy name. The word hallow means holy. I'm telling you, I've said it before, uh, said it this morning in our Sunday school class, but I really believe with all my heart that the church, the modern day church, has lost the holiness of God. We're more concerned about if we're going to have a coffee cafe shop we're more concerned about are we going to have better parking, closer parking. Matter of fact, wouldn't it be pretty cool if we had valet parking here? Now, some people will say that's what we need for the church. And I'm just being honest with you. And I, I get caught into that as well. Brother Tim can allude to the fact we saw some pictures of where they go to church. Some of us would not even bother to go there because the pews are not padded and there's no carpet on the floor and there's not enough bathroom facilities around. Have we lost our minds and have we lost sight of why we come to His house? The last time I checked, it's still His house. And when we come to his house, we're not looking about, do I get a latte before I go into the worship and a donut to go along with it? Not do I get special privileges and closer parking or not do I get a padded pew, but my mind should focus upon and my heart should be fixed upon. I'm coming to the Lord's house because I'm fixing to come into the presence of a holy God. A holy God. And we come in and we have everything else on our minds. We are already thinking about what we're going to do tonight. We're already thinking about on Sunday morning where we're going to go to lunch. We're already having conversation of, I hope they don't go over in the service because, you know, we got uh, tickets to the game. It's a later game, so it's okay for us to go ahead and go to the game. But I sure hope they wrap that thing up about 12. We have our minds on everything else. And then we wonder why we do not see the move of God in our lives. And so when we're coming and seeing the prayer of Jabez, we need to recognize the fact that we're directing our prayers to a holy God. I said it to my Sunday school class this morning. Uh, we were able to go to the Sabbat service there uh, a couple months ago. And in that service, of course, it's an Orthodox congregation, so uh, they're doing it in Hebrew. Brother, uh, Dr. J went with me. 
And uh, they had these books there. Uh, and uh, I thought, okay. And so Jay opens an album in mind. Well, I can't see, okay? So I don't know what kind of book we're opening up. And so Jay's out there and uh, he's, uh, uh, he says, hey, they're right here. This is what they're saying. And I'm thinking, Jay's, he, he knows Hebrew. How does he know that? And then I realized they also had it in English on the other side. <laughs> but I was quite impressed, therefore. And, but they would come alongside us and they would tell us what was going on. After they would read from the Torah, which uh, they believe is uh, the Word of God, uh, after they would read from the Torah, then they would read from the uh, book of one of the prophets. But they would read the Torah and then they, uh, in a symbolic way, they would raise that Torah and they would raise it high and they would walk around their sanctuary with the, with the word of God lifted high. And one of the, uh, the, the, uh, the ones that were in the service came alongside us and told us what they were doing. And he says, the reason why they're lifting that up is because the word of God needs to be seen and needs to be proclaimed. And I'm going to tell you, we don't agree with all that they say, but one thing that I came to realize in that little orthodox service is that they understood that they were in the presence of a holy God. And we've lost sight of that. We're more concerned about how comfortable we can make one another. Let's just go ahead and get to the bare facts here. If we're going to see God move in this new year, and if we're going to have the hand of God upon us, we need to recognize the fact that He is holy and He needs to be revered and worshiped accordingly. I like our music. We have some of the best music around. But I'm telling you, I'd rather have a choir that maybe doesn't hit every note just right, but I know they're singing from their heart, which I believe our choir is doing. I'd rather have them miss a note here or there, or one of our uh, musicians maybe not uh, hit a note correctly right, but they're doing it from the heart. I'm telling you, I think that pleases God when you're off key, but if you're doing it with a sincere heart and a pure heart and a heart that recognizes I'm standing before a holy God, I'm going to worship a holy God. I've come to realize I can do absolutely nothing and everything I have, he gets all the credit. Church, we need to recognize the fact that everything we have here at Hillcrest Baptist Church came from the hand of God and God is still wanting to move in our midst, but we got to do our part and our part is we need to pray and we need to pray with intensity. We need to pray intentionally. We need to pray with fervor. We need to pray with humbleness and we need to pray and directing our prayers to a holy right righteous God and that's how we're going to start this new year out we're going to pray